Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. It's a great word, Lord. And we pray that your word would be what guides our feet and puts us on the right path. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. They said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel." Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, and When they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled of the Lord, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child of his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother, came to the land of Israel. Of Israel. When he had heard that Archelaus 
had did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God. In a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. Okay, you think it was a Christmas play the way I was reading that whole thing, right? <laughs> All right, now, <laughs> so in our last study, you remember how we followed these wise men as they, they finally, it was a really long time, but they reached their destination, which was the king of the Jews. At last, probably seen the star, we're not sure, it was two years ago, but anyway, we can, somewhere during that time, certainly not longer than two years, and they had to make preparation for the trip, and then they had this long anticipation We're going to go see the king of the Jews. We're going to go see the king of the Jews. And they got there, gave him their gifts. And we saw in verse 12 that they had a very disturbing dream. And the dream was that it was a warning. So they were warned of God that they should not return to Herod. That was the issue. Herod, don't go back to Herod, but go back to your own country another way, is what they were told. So really, they were told, in the word here that's used, it's to escape from Herod. So the picture is that they're under the captivity of Herod in the land of Judea. He's the king. And they have to escape. So after they have this alarming dream, we read in verse 13 that when they were departed. So that's the part we want to kind of focus in on. When they were departed, and then the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream and says that he should go down to Egypt. So these words in verse 13, we don't want to just skip over them, where they said, when they were departed, it can put us right into the scene of what's happening there. Because when those words, when they were departed, when the wise men left, we can feel the strong anxiety that's in the air. There's an anxiety on the part of the wise men because it talks about the dream was a warning to them. They were warned. And the wise men knew that from that warning that they were in imminent danger and they had to act and they had to act fast and they did. And so we can see in our minds these wise men quickly leaving. It was a situation where we got to go right now. We got to leave. And so all of their happiness and their joy at coming to the king of the Jews and giving the gifts and so forth, that was all like we're in danger of losing our lives now. We got to go. So meanwhile, so we see this part on this side of the stage, we can see the wise men and they're full of this anxiety and they got to leave right away. And then we look on the other side of the stage there and we can see Joseph and he's watching all of this just unravel before his eyes. And so these words, again, when they were departed, they bring to us this idea of escape. We got to make an escape. So with Joseph, it's like, Joseph and wise men are in a ship that's sinking, and the wise men just took the last lifeboat. (laughs) And it leaves Joseph there. And we can imagine that. We can imagine how Joseph felt during this interim of time from the point where the wise men left to where he gets his dream at night. And he's standing there, and he's watching the wise men disappear off into the horizon. He's got this empty feeling in his stomach, and he's waving goodbye to his friends from the east, and he's standing there all alone, and he's terrified. He's just terrified over what the wise men had just told him. Just the name, just the name Herod, it strikes more fear than the word Hitler, because he was such a ruthless man. And can't you imagine the wise men talking to Joseph and telling Joseph all those details about their encounter with Herod? You know, and how Herod had showed such an interest 
in finding the child and how we can imagine in that situation there of how Joseph must interrogated the wise men. And Joseph wants to know everything that Herod said to them. He wants to know all the details. He wants to know, and especially, can you imagine how Joseph would be interested to know, what did you tell Herod? What did you tell him about the child? And he must not really have appreciated, as they were telling this story about what happened, Joseph must not have appreciated how those wise men went all over Jerusalem and telling everybody that there was a king of the Jews that had just been born. And it caused this murderous tyrant, Herod, to feel threatened. And we have to keep in mind that the wise men, when they did this, they had no idea where the king of the Jews was. They didn't know that he was born in Bethlehem. I mean, all they had to say to Herod when he said, well, where is the king of the Jews? And the wise men said, we don't know. Oh, we, we don't know. All we know is a star. We see a star. We're following a star. The star doesn't tell us, you know, where it's going to be next. It just goes, we go. So it was the scribes and it was the Pharisees that supplied the information to King Herod that his competing king, his threatening king of the Jews is going to be born in Bethlehem. Yeah, that's how he gets that. So how Joseph would have thought when he's hearing this is, great, you know, they gave him the city where he's going to be located in. And just imagine how the wise men told Joseph that they were under strict orders from Herod, that they were to come back to him and report exactly where he was in Bethlehem, because, you know, Herod said he wanted to worship him also, right? But this was all very scary for Joseph, because, you know, Bethlehem, it's not like Bethlehem is the city of Los Angeles. You know, it's a small place. It's a really small place. And Herod wanted to. He could have found the child in Bethlehem. I mean, he could have done something as outrageous as saying, kill all the children that are less than two years old. Well, this is all contained in these words in the start of verse 13, where it says, when they had departed. And we can see Joseph just standing there watching them go. And then Joseph has time to think. And he's got time to think and think and think and go over and over and over in his mind what the Magi told him and how strongly suspicious they were of Herod and how they wondered if they should really go back and report to Herod where the child was. And so this is the state that Joseph is in. This is a real quandary for him, real, real difficult time. He's, he's terrorized. And that was when he got the dream. That's when he got the dream. I want to say that as he kept thinking about that, it must have been that, I don't know where the Magi spent the night. I doubt they spent the night in the barn. I don't know, probably Joseph said, there's plenty of room here if you wanted to bed down. But I mean, you know, if the animals and us, I don't know where they were. But anyway, the Magi spent the night someplace. And you can kind of imagine how after they spent that night when they first came to the Lord and they had their dream of how excited they were. They thought, oh, all of our suspicions about Herod, they've just been confirmed. And so they must have come running back to Joseph and said, Joseph, you remember how we told you that we were suspicious of Herod? Well, you're not going to believe what happened last night. But an angel came to us and warned us that we should escape from Herod. Maybe Joseph said, well, yeah, you know, I know about angels. I saw one one time, you know. But anyway, when we read these words in verse 13, when they were departed, would you just imagine Joseph He's mulling all this stuff, and he's saying to the wise men, now, you know what? It's really important that you do what the angel commanded. You really need to avoid Jerusalem. 
You need to escape quickly. Maybe he's giving advice to them and he's thinking to himself, well, that's great for you guys, but, you know, what about me? And so he's left alone in a problem that seems to have no solution. Where is he going to go in the land of Judah where Herod can't find him and get him? And so he just keeps thinking and thinking about this event. And you know how your mind goes when you're in a situation like that. It's almost like you're tortured by the memory of it all. You said, well, let me think about it again. Maybe there's something I didn't see the first time. Which, and then you go back into the torture chamber uh, of all the thoughts. And then the next thing that comes to your mind is if onlys. You know, the if onlys start to arrive. You know, well, if only, you know, they hadn't gone blabbing all over Jerusalem that there was the king of the Jews. If only Herod hadn't heard. If only, you know, the scribes and so forth. And it goes on and on and on. And so when you're in a situation like that, the question becomes, where is the way of escape? And the way of escape is faith. Because faith is a fight. Faith is a fight. Faith is a fight against all the dark thoughts. All the dark thoughts of, we're sure we're going to be destroyed. We're going to be so totally destroyed that the garbage man is not even going to want to collect us to throw us to it. Faith steps in and fights against those dark thoughts. And faith says, no, I will not let my mind go down that path. I'm going to trust that God somehow is going to take care of me. And God has many more options than I can do. As Joseph is thinking about all the options about how he could escape from Herod, I guarantee you that going down to Egypt was not one of those options that he thought of. I mean, okay, his name is Joseph, and there was another Joseph. And during that Joseph's times, yeah, the Egyptians were very good to the Jews, but that Joseph died, and that Joseph was forgotten, and a new chapter was opened in Egypt for the Jewish people, and that new chapter was not a good chapter for the Jewish people. That was a chapter where the new Pharaoh came in, and he had his own Hitlerian final solution for the Jewish people. The slow, systematic extermination by killing all the male Jewish babies. And then there was the famous departure, the famous departure for all the Jewish people. I mean, who has a book named called The Leaving? But that, that they got the book of Exodus. And so the departure was not, also not pleasant for the Egyptian people. As a matter of fact, the whole country of Egypt was destroyed in the process of that departure of the Jewish people from Egypt. So for Joseph to even think of going to Egypt for protection was like thinking about going to Nazi Germany for protection. Not an option. And this is the backdrop to the next word which appears in verse 13, which really expresses the complete shock of it all, and it's this word, behold. Behold. Kind of as a word of, now is going to come something unexpected, like an angel in a dream anyway, and a surprise. And it's a great word. It's a great word, behold, because what it expresses here is that God is breaking through all this darkness with a great deliverance. The beholds in our life are so great because it's like when everything is looking dim like it was for Joseph there, this wonderful thing. I'm glad for the beholds in my life. I'm glad for, you know, for the past year, I've been watching some year and a half, some tumors grow in me, and I'm thinking, okay, the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer, it's back. Well, okay. And last week, I had this cancer PET scan and CT scan, and what it showed 
was a behold. Behold, most of the tumors have decreased and some have disappeared. That's wonderful. Good. <laughs> You're supposed to clap. <laughs> I clapped. <laughs> that was a behold moment for me. That was a behold. You might actually make it through the book of Matthew. <laughs> now, it's just interesting how verse 13 is worded. When it says, and they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee words. That verse is expressing it kind of like this. When the wise men were departed, and Joseph felt all abandoned and all alone, just at that moment, the angel came to Joseph and gave Joseph the direction for what he should do. So, again... You know, Joseph's in another one. He's getting used to this in his life, you know, this what should I do situation. Just like when he found out that Mary was pregnant and he didn't know what to do. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him and told him what to do. Take her to be your wife. So again, the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and he directs him what to do. It's kind of interesting how the Joseph in the Old Testament was directed by dreams and the Joseph in the New Testament is directed by dreams. He's told, run away to Egypt. That's what the Greek word means. It means run away or escape or vanish. Vanish is another meaning of that Greek word. Vanish into Egypt. Vanish, just disappear. It reminds me of a customer I had one time in the 80s, and he was in charge of a big university laboratory in Italy, and he and his boss were involved in some kind of a scheme that I really didn't want to know about where they would buy laboratory equipment at a high price using the Italian government money. And then all I knew is that he started driving expensive cars and got a villa here and a villa there, you know, on his $40,000 a year salary, so forth, you know. Nah, this would never happen in Italy. Let me guarantee you that. (laughs) And I just always felt it was just dangerous to be around him, you know. One day I met him at a restaurant in Milan, and he came in, and he always dressed in very expensive clothes, you know. And he came in, and he was wearing these really old clothes with holes in it. You know, I remember his jacket had a hole in it. And I said, Salvatore, I said, why are you dressed like that? And he told me that he was under investigation by the Italian government. And so he had to look like, he said, I had to look like nothing. I had to look like nothing. No. Anyway, so you had to look like nothing. And then I said, well, what about your boss? He said, oh, he has, he has to disappear. <laughs> he has to vanish, he said. <laughs> well, Joseph was told to disappear. Joseph was told to vanish into Egypt. So as a baby, or as a young child, the Lord Jesus is in this trouble with Mary and Joseph, and the whole family has to run away into Egypt. This pretty much sets the course for the life of the Lord Jesus on earth. It was just going to be a life of trouble, 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 running away from this, running away from these people who want to kill him, escaping in the midst and so forth. Sort of like Job described his life, a life of man, really. He described it, Job said in Job 5.7, Job 5, 7, he said, Yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. In this chapter, we're going to see something here. It quotes this verse in, a, in Hosea 11, 1. It's going to be this mysterious association of the Lord Jesus with the nation of Israel. Mysterious association of the Lord Jesus with the Jewish people. And the Lord here is persecuted. Now, he's persecuted from the time he's a baby. And there's going to be this mysterious association with the persecutions of the Jewish people. Just like David said in Psalm 129.2, Psalm 129.2, 
Many a time have they persecuted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. And that's kind of a history of the Jewish people. Many a time persecuted, afflicted from the youth, but they've not prevailed against me. Just like the Tsar one time was asked a question in Russia, the Tsar one time was asked a question, what is the greatest proof of God? The Tsar was asked. The Tsar said, the greatest proof of God is the Jew. That's the greatest proof of God. Jewish people constantly are slated for death. They're persecuted to death by, well, you name it, the Spaniards, the Italians, Russians, who, well, you know, just on and on. And yet they continue to survive. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. Now, here is Herod. He's trying to kill the Lord Jesus as a baby. And the question is, is this really the whole situation? Is it just simply a Roman governor here just trying to get rid of a competitor? Is there something else behind the scenes? And there is. And the something else that's behind the scenes with regard to Herod is described to us in Revelation 12.4. In Revelation 12.4 shows us what's behind the scenes. And when we read it, it's a fantastic description here, but here's how it reads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Who is this woman? Well, this, you could say the woman's Mary. You could say the woman's the nation of Israel. Who's the child? Undoubtedly, the Lord Jesus. And as soon as he's born, the dragon's there wanting to destroy him. Dragon, of course, is Satan in this. And the dragon is standing for the woman to destroy the Lord as soon as he was born through Herod. This is the situation. So this starts, as I mentioned here, this course of persecution of the Lord. And then the Lord later on, when he's going to command his disciples, he tells them, he gives them an instruction in Matthew 10.23, Matthew 10.23, when he tells them, when they persecute you in this city, flee into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not go over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man become. So when the Lord said that, when they persecute in this city, flee to another, the Lord was speaking from his own experience. This is what happened to him. And it started off when he was just a young child, and it chased out of town. So we can imagine now what Joseph is thinking when he hears the instruction from the angel in verse 13. Flee into Egypt. Run away. Escape. And like you said, you know, Joseph must have been sitting there thinking, Egypt? Egypt? For a place of refuge from my Jewish family? Egypt's got to be the worst place in the world for a Jewish family to find shelter in. Been a place of death for the Jewish people. But here again, faith fights back those dark thoughts and faith, Joseph's faith, trusts in God. Now, and so if God commands Egypt to protect this little Jewish family, then Egypt's going to protect this, this family of Joseph. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. 
You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Friendship with God Fellowship and Tom Cantor would like to invite you to our Seder message and traditional Passover dinner on Sunday, April 14th from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Come join us for a special night of music, food, and a biblical perspective on the Passover Seder. Experience this event in our brand new venue, The Vine, located near the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. The cost of this event is $25 per person, and the last day to sign up is Sunday, April 7th. For more information, please call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 